Won't you pull up your Bible so long and you can go to John chapter 11. We are going to be reading at some point from John 11 verse 25 to 27. There will be a number of scriptures I'll share with you today and um, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to take some notes. But uh, today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Man, you quiet. Come on, Today is a day to be noisy. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. That marvelous occasion that sets into motion so many aspects of God eternal, uh, God's eternal plan for the world, for everybody, for the earth, but realize something very important about today, and that is that he did it for you individually. He did it for you as Byron. He did it for you as John. He did it for you as Christian. It's a very personal thing that took place, even though it is recorded aloud in history. And John was talking about all the witnesses that attested to it. So we know that our king has risen and that he is alive. But we often hear terms such as living the crucified life or living the red letter life. In other words, whatever words are in the Bible that are in red are the words of Jesus and, and there's messages on living the red letter life. But what does it mean to live a resurrected life? And I believe God wants to show us a little bit more today with regards to living a resurrected life. It is the perfect time to look at what it means to live a, live a resurrected life as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The name above every name, and as we've just celebrated, He is our salvation. He is the only salvation for a lost world. So listen to these words from Watchman Nee. Resurrection is a state of having passed completely through death and having risen from death. To be in resurrection is different than to be alive. To be alive is the original state. Can you picture that? To be alive is the original state without having passed through death. To be in resurrection is to have passed through death and to have been raised up. He further states, which, states, which I find so very fascinating, that which is not in harmony with God, that which is not of God, and that which cannot last eternally is completely terminated once it goes into death. But that which is of God, compatible with God, and eternally existing, can pass through death and emerge in resurrection. To live the life as a believer pulls us forward and takes us deeper into relationship with God. But when we accept our Lord and Savior, we, we have a decision to make. It's like we share, not like, we share with him in terms of the work of the cross. We, we share with him in the sense that we enter the tomb, but there is a place in time where we need to make the decision to share in his resurrection as well. And he has purposed for us that the resurrected life is a life that embraces the fullness of 
the cross, the burial, the resurrection, as well as the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I've asked you to turn with me to John 11. We're gonna be reading from verse 25 to 27. And just for a little bit of context, we see in verse three that Lazarus was a man that Jesus loved dearly. So he wasn't just an acquaintance or a person that he knew. It was someone that the Bible says Jesus loved. Jesus loved this man, Lazarus. In fact, and I don't know if you ever knew it, but the name Lazarus means God has helped. Now, knowing the story of Lazarus, I find the meaning of his name quite significant. God has helped. We know from Scripture that after hearing of Lazarus' death, till the time he arrived at his tomb, it was four days. It seems quite contrary to think of this man, Lazarus, whom Jesus loved, there's a disconnect between he loved this man and it took him four days to get to Lazarus's tomb. And when you read the, the text and, every, and everything like that, I mean, they were mourning his death. In Afrikaans, I would put it this way, he was dead. He was dead. He was dead and buried. And uh, so after these four days, and even this text talks about the smell and that they don't wanna open the tomb. And even after Jesus told Martha in verse 23 that her brother will rise again, she still misunderstood him. She started talking about the future happenings and the resurrection down the line, et cetera, et cetera. She misunderstood. She didn't understand the gravity of what was happening at that moment in time. And then in verse 25, we read these beautiful words of Jesus. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked her this question, do you believe this? In verse 27, she replies, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming to the world. And you know, God is asking each and every one of us today, do you believe this? He's asking you, individually, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is indeed the resurrection and the life? The question is not the same as do you believe in the death and the resurrection? The question is different. The emphasis is on do you believe I, as in Jesus, am the resurrection and life? Not do you believe in resurrection, not do you believe in life, rather do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? You see, Jesus has ownership of resurrection. He has ownership of life. It is him. It's his very being. And so Jesus is asking us today, not the story that you read in the Bible about the resurrection and, and life, but do you really believe in your heart of hearts that I am the resurrection, that I am the life? And so, 
Something else which I don't know if you noticed is, but Jesus never in the text says he has ownership over death. He says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. But he never talks about death. And that is because our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, conquered death. Death is not a part of him. Death is not a part of his being because he is resurrected. He is the resurrection. He is the life. So he takes no ownership over death because it's not him. He conquered death. The devil is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not Jesus. And so he is the resurrection and he is the life. I recently heard a song that's so beautiful and it talks about the crucifixion and the resurrection and the song is titled Christ Be Magnified by Cody Carnes. And I, I so miss that we don't get to play songs while we take offering anymore. I mentioned that to John the other day. He looked at me funny. He said, you know, the first person to say that to me. <laughs> well, anyway, I miss the song when we take up the offering. But listen to the extract of these lyrics. It's so beautiful. I won't bow down to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. Listen to these words. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when, my, when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, Christ, be magnified. Why don't you give the Lord a hand? These words are beautiful. So it leads me to point number one, and that is, is your tomb empty? Very quiet in this house today. Is your tomb empty? I trust your answer is yes. And I just wanna repeat a phrase of that song again because it speaks to the question. If the cross brings transformation and then I'll be crucified with you. We share in the crucifixion with Jesus because death is just the doorway. Remember the word doorway, we're gonna talk about it because death is just the doorway into resurrection life and if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. You see, what, what we need to remember is that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that is the beginning. It is the start of your relationship and it's the start of your journey in Christ, but it is not the destination. We need to realize that it is just the beginning. But there's some of us, many of us, who have accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior and we have shared with him in the crucifixion but it's only the doorway and we go and stand in the doorway and we don't move. And it can be for whatever reason. We can discuss those, it could be many. So what am I trying to say here? What are we trying to understand from all of this? What does it look like in reality, not living a resurrected life? Well, think of someone who's accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They've made Jesus Lord of their life. 
They then move forward, they come to church, they're part of the fellowship, they, they join us. They are believers, Christians by definition in every sense of the word. I would suggest to you that that person has stepped into the doorway of resurrection life and stopped there. You see, because a resurrected life is a life that is on fire for God. A resurrected life is a fully transformed life. There is nothing of the old that's left and there's only that which has been made new in Jesus. It is a life that is absolutely and completely in love with God, sold out and passionate towards God. It's a life that is so in love with Jesus that you just cannot keep them quiet. It's all that comes out of their, their mouths because it, it's the wellspring of the life that is within them. They just wanna tell the whole world about this Jesus who has come and saved them and promised them resurrected life that they have entered into. The other important aspect to think of when you think of a, a person who's living a resurrected life is that the work, the gifts, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit is evident in a resurrected life. The Holy Spirit is working and is active. They have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you can see it in the gifts and you can see it in the fruit that is coming out of this resurrected life. So family, let us not just embrace the work of the cross. Let us step through the doorway into resurrection life, the life of the, that Jesus has promised us. Some of you, may have stepped through into a resurrection life at some point in time. But maybe you got hurt or something happened and you stepped back into the comfort of the tomb. And Jesus is saying to you today, let that not be your story. Come, out of the tomb. I have a resurrection life that I've promised you. You will find no comfort there in the, in the tomb. Step through the doorway into resurrection life that I have promised you. And when people look into that tomb, may all they see is your former life, which is dead and buried because you have been raised with Christ. Amen? A resurrected life is a life that is full of the Holy Spirit, point number two, and I'm gonna go through it very quickly. You know, Jesus himself said to us in in John 16 from verse five to 15, that it is better that he goes so that he could send the one, that's being the Holy Spirit, to us. And that is the time where we, we are living in today. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is alive, he is risen. And the Holy Spirit is here and available to each and every one of us. And my encouragement to you today is, Welcome him. May your doors be open to the Holy Spirit, wide open. In Romans 8 from verse nine to 11, it says, but if the spirit of him, that being the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In Acts 1 verse 8, we know the scripture, but you shall receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Acts 4 verse 33, it reads, and with great power, that same power that is spoken of in Acts 1 verse 8, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then it says these words, which I believe is a word for us as well today. And great grace was upon them all. You see, the Holy Spirit is the promise of Jesus to all who believe in him. And the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is available to those who believe that he is the resurrection and to those that believe he is the life. You see, the same power that raised Jesus from the death lives within us by the Holy Spirit. Have you really thought about it? Because I sometimes think it is so big that it is difficult for us to comprehend. And so the same resurrection power, the same Holy Spirit lives in each and every one of us who has made Jesus our Lord and Savior. And so you will be endowed with power by the Holy Spirit, but great grace is upon you today as well. And I think in the day and the age that we are living in today, a lot of us could do with great grace. And I like the fact that the Bible didn't just speak of grace, it spoke of great grace. That leads me to point number three, which is a resurrected life is a life full of hope. In 1 Peter 1 verse three we read, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what is this living hope through the resurrection that Peter is talking about? Well, a few points on that. The first is that it is the affirmation, it is the assurance. I wanna use the word the assurance of salvation, of the free gift of salvation God offers each and every one of us in his mercy. You see, our living hope originates from a living resurrected savior. For those of you who don't know, Lazarus died again, but Jesus did not. I was trying to find out what happened to, to Lazarus because there was very little spoken about him after uh, Jesus raised him from the dead. And um, it seems that he lived for another 33 years. And if I understand correctly, he was buried under the building. Maybe he didn't want to be raised again. Maybe he wanted to go into heaven. And so apparently he was buried under the building. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Anyway, so our living hope originates from a living resurrected Savior. Our living hope is anchored in the past because Jesus rose, past tense, from the dead. It continues in the present because Jesus is alive. He's alive today, everybody. And it endures throughout the future because Jesus promises eternal resurrection life. 
See, living hope enables us to live without despair as we encounter sufferings and trials in this present life. And many people have, in particular over the last two years, suffered many trials and had many sufferings. But we have this living hope because of our resurrected Savior that we do not need to live in despair. And the object of our hope our inherit, is an inheritance that is imperishable. It cannot be taken away. It's undefiled and unfading. It's kept in heaven for you. But did you know that the Bible says that we cannot live without hope? And so hopelessness is a very sad state to be in. It's, however, a very understandable state to be in when you listen to some lives and the stories of some people's lives. And I think it's particularly difficult at this point in time in terms of this pandemic to maintain hope. But the Bible says in Ephesians 2 from verse 12, it says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now, but now, in Jesus Christ, you were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. See, Jesus is our living hope through his death and through his resurrection. His promise to each and every one of us is life. And as we just get, as the message I draw to a close, I want each and every one of us, no matter where you are, whether in the auditorium or in the Baobab or at home, why don't you just bow your heads for a moment? And if we could maybe just have a little bit of soft music in the background. Because the Lord is ministering to each and every one of us today. And Jesus is saying to you and I today, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And his question to you is, do you believe this? I heard these words a few days ago and they're not letting, go, uh, letting me go and I believe it is for many here. God's delay is not God's denial. I'll say it again, God's delay is not God's denial. And God is wanting to resurrect some dead things in our lives today. During the time of this pandemic and, and when people have become sincerely hopeless, about their life and their future. It's like they've gone to the altar and they've just placed everything there, including the things which are of God. And God is saying, that is not the altar I've asked you to put it on. God is saying to you today, bring it to my altar. Come place it on my altar. And that which is not of me will be destroyed but that which has eternal value will remain. Yet some of you have walked away from the things which out of pure desperation, which God has, has meant for you and which God has planned for you and you've walked away from those things, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes unwittingly, you're just trying to do the right thing. But many times that, that very Thing which you leave behind, which is of God, is done because you are in a place of hopelessness. 
And God is wanting to restore today. He has clearly told me that this is the day of my restoration. God wants to resurrect some things in your life which is of Him that you have left behind. And when you think about all those things and you think that, man, I walked away from, but that was of God. And now you think you can't go back and collect it again because it's been destroyed by the enemy. God is saying today, no, 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 no. You have a living hope in me. So if that is you today, I don't care if you're in the auditorium or at home or in the Baobab Hall, if you're saying, I am just in a place of absolute hopelessness. I would like the Lord to intervene in my life. God wants to do a work right now. Please stand right now. Do not be afraid. God wants to do something here today in your life. God wants to restore that which the enemy has taken from you. The Lord is saying, this is the day of my resurrection. This is the day of my life and I will restore to each and every one of you. To those of you around them, won't you just stretch out a hand towards them as we pray for them. Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters to you right now and we say, Lord, we hold on to your promise of restoration. Lord, where we've become overwhelmed by the things of the world, the cares of the world, the pandemics of this world, to the point where we have even laid down things which are of you, Lord, today we say, please restore. Father, we thank you that you are our living hope. We will not find hope in man. We will not find hope in things. Those things are not eternal and those things will be burnt up. But we turn our eyes towards Jesus, the resurrection and the life. And we place our hope firmly in him. Holy Spirit, right now, will you start to minister to each and every one who is standing right now, who, is, who has stood up and said, I have I've lost everything. I'm in a place of absolute hopelessness. Lord, today we declare in the spirit realm, in Jesus' name, that you will restore because that is the promise of abundant life you have given us in your word. And so Lord, we stand on your word we pray this in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we bring the service to a close, we thank you for Resurrection Sunday. We thank you for the hope of a risen Savior, one who has died, but one who has risen, risen forevermore, eternally, sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for each and every one of us. Right now, Lord, we say, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you have done, which has allowed us to, be, to come into the family of God and become sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for your living hope. We thank you for your great grace. And we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's children say, amen, amen.